Okay, I am 35 weeks and five days pregnant today. So I've decided it's time to pack the bag for the hospital. But it would be fair to say that I'm probably a late starter because plenty of other women I've spoken to start a lot earlier than I did. Anyway, I have a list. It's long. I did my shopping a couple of weeks ago and it's all just sat beside the bed kind of looking at me. Nappies, Vaseline, toiletry bag. And I just realised that I have pink, uh, some pink baby girls, but as I don't know... My name is Elaine. In January last year, I found out I was pregnant. While waiting in the GP's surgery, I read an article that said Ireland was the safest country in the world to give birth. But Sierra Leone was one of the most dangerous. Hello, sister. This is the, the labour ward, yeah? Yeah. Now, the last 24 hours, we had one who was an APH stillborn overnight. And the baby was stillborn, is that right? And this time again, she was told that the baby was a breach. Still, she reluctantly stayed at home. Three days in labor. Do you think the husband may be the problem here? Would he have not let her come to the hospital? That is the problem. This is the third baby. Why do you think she left it so late to come in? Why, Why so long? I have a 1 in 47,600 lifetime chance of dying in childbirth. In Sierra Leone, it's 1 in 8. As the next few months stretch out ahead of me, over in Sierra Leone, 10 minutes from Kenema Hospital, two other women, Nancy and Sombo, are also starting their pregnancies. For how long have you been in the hospital? For how long? Friday. Hmm? Friday. It's Friday. I want to check your baby, see whether the baby is breathing well. Yeah. His booby is kicky, but <laughs> it's, it's this side. Let me just checked. Due on the 27th of August, today is the 4th of August, 23 days. You're due in three weeks and a few days. Yeah. And remind me again, you went um, at 33 weeks the last time, but that was because you had blood pressure, you had the cesarean section, but none of that happening this time. Nothing so far. Thankfully. Any problems since we last saw you? Not really. Um, a few, I suppose, chest pains, which I think would be expected at this point in time. Whereabouts? Um, high up. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, in the ribs, um, more so than anything else, and a few odd little twinges, fair bit of backache. Right. Yeah, okay. fair bit of backache, especially in the last week. And no bleeding or serious pain, like severe pain, no. nothing like that. No. Okay. Um, well, listen, can I check your blood pressure? Because obviously, yeah. when you've had it once, it can happen uh, again, but hopefully not. Put a hand on your tummy, see which way this baby's coming. Right, and, yeah. uh, I'm we'll curious go from about the direction it's... Because in my paranoid head now it's turned again, but it probably hasn't. <laughs> that's, that's just Do I need yeah, to pull up so, my sleeve yeah, or something? Yeah, just a little bit above your elbow if you... 
With just over a month to go, I paid a visit to where all the action takes place. Here in Hollis Street, just one of the many maternity facilities in the country, there are 400 midwives delivering close to 10,000 babies a year. In Sierra Leone, a West African country, there are just 95 trained midwives for a population of almost 5 million. Anne Rath, clinical midwife manager. I'm in charge of the labour ward and all the antenatal inpatients are under my remit as well. The labour ward is a large unit with nine rooms. Um, we have single rooms all for the most part. We have one room with two beds in it. But we have over 9,000 babies being delivered here every year. So it's a busy place. And how long are you working here yourself? I'm here since the late 70s. Oh, so I'm here a long time. An experienced hand. <laughs> an experienced hand. And how many babies were born here last night now? Last night, there was 18 babies from 11 o'clock last night till this morning. So that was a busy shift. Wasn't it just? And how many midwives then were on? Yeah, there was nine midwives on. Nine. And you were saying earlier you've worked here since the 70s. What have been the, some of the big changes you've seen in terms well, of maternal health? And hmm. I suppose the biggest thing I would immediately see is when I was training here, we were delivering lots of women with their fifth, sixth, seventh and eighth baby. And now it's very rare to see a woman having more than three. The other thing that I think we're, we're, women are much better now as regards being aware of the risks of smoking, the dangers of drink. Um, you know, I mean, this hospital, you could smoke in the wards in the 70s. So in that, in that time, when you had, um, you know, it, was, it wasn't unusual to see a ward where women were having a cigarette and drinking their cup of tea and feeding their baby. And what about the age profile? Well, that would be something else. Um, I mean, when I was training here, women were 18, 19, 20, and, you know, most women were kind of 21, got married, had three children before they were 25, and that was it. And um, now it's not unusual to see a woman having her first baby in her late 30s, even kind of 38, 40. And the women themselves will admit that when you get over 35, it's not as easy to have a baby as when you're 20. I'll just bring you down the corridor here now. The, the layout is almost in a kind of square, so we're just passing the office now. 
it's quiet. The environment, they, often people talk about the fact that it's not that noisy, that it is, it, you know, it's quiet. Um, some women bring CDs and would play them and um, have, you can just hear a baby's heartbeat there now. This lady's on a monitor, so you can just hear it there. What are your biggest challenges? I suppose the biggest challenge is the numbers, the physical numbers of women that are passing through the three Dublin maternity hospitals. All three of us are delivering over 9,000 babies a year. That's enormous. Three months after I was due to have my baby, I arrive in rural Sierra Leone and meet the family of Nancy Callum, one of the two women who was due to give birth around the same time as myself. Nancy, a 16-year-old girl, got pregnant while still at school. Her family stood by her throughout. Alice Cava, a locally trained midwife, takes me to meet Nancy's grandmother. OK, so we're sitting outside the... Callan family household and Alice is with me. Can she tell me what happened to Nancy recently? I believe she was pregnant. Five o'clock, I gave him. Come here. Nancy was time pregnancy. She went into labor by 5 a.m. in the morning. Nancy was taken to the nurse at the center. She was there the whole day. By 4 p.m., she delivered. The baby died after a few hours, less than one hour. The baby passed up. Nancy had had a healthy pregnancy, but within hours of delivery, in a hot, dark, mud-floored, state-funded clinic, her newborn baby died. By then, nothing was happened with Nancy. Her condition was stable. Nancy was with the nurse. For another 24 hours, she was called that Nancy has went into fitting. They were there with the nurse for another two days. Then the grandmother decided to took Nancy from the clean clinic now to the house. Can you tell me what your name is? My name is Josephine S. Mohamed. Okay, and Josephine, you are... Um, uh, MCHA, MCHA. Uh, Maternal and Child, Child Health yes. uh, Aid. Yes. What happened to Nancy Callon? Nancy Callon, Nancy Callon, she came here by 11.30 when she was now in labor. When I received Nancy Callon, then we entered into the labor room. She born by 2.30. When she born by 2.30, we cleaned Nancy Callon. The baby was <clears throat> the baby was alive for one hour. Okay. But the way Nancy Callon delivered, I was not too happy with her grandmother because whenever I gave her drug, she never took it, and the mother never told me about that. They used to give Nancy Callon native drugs. Did you give Nancy drugs, medication? Yes. yes. But, and did she take them? She never took it. The grandmother told me that she never took the drug I was, I, I was giving her. And why do you think? Why didn't she take it? 
Well, I don't really know because I was not getting the information from the parents. Were you happy at that stage to let Nancy go back home with the grandmother? Yes, because she also told me that she wanted to go. A few hours after the birth, Nancy started to have fits. For the next two days, Nancy stayed at the clinic under the care of Josephine, the health assistant. On the third day, Nancy left the clinic with her grandmother. However, one day later, she was back. During the night now, when they were here now, Nancy started crying with heart palpitation, dizziness, confusion. In the morning, Nancy was taken back to the nurse. They went there on Thursday. The nurse continued treating her until Friday. When the nurse saw that there is no hope for Nancy, the nurse decided to refer them to the government hospital. Then she passed off. Okay. The medical oh. condition was severe anemia. Okay. Okay. She was even in heart failure. Officially, Nancy died of severe anemia, having lost a lot of blood. Could the family have acted quicker for Nancy? No. Could you have acted quicker for Nancy? Well, my only... My only work I can do is to call the ambulance as early as possible. But I did that. But Mr. Bori said that that is not an emergency case. Mr. Bori. Mr. Bori is the ambulance driver. Yes, he referred me to Sister Alice. So He gave me the number for Sister Alice. But I ring. I didn't get any answer. Three times. Then my phone go off. Yeah, even though I've left my phone in the office. Yes. While Josephine, who helped Nancy deliver, has been trained in basic mother and child health, she has little experience when it comes to an emergency. After that, did you make any efforts to talk to anybody else in the hospital? Because we we give you many numbers apart from Alice's number. I sent a note to Sister Sandu. Apart from Alice's telephone number, which other telephone numbers do you have for staffs working in Kenema government? Well, I don't have any other staff number, only the ambulance number with Sister Alice. When, when was the last time you were trained to manage uh, obstetric cases? I was not trying to manage any obstetric cases in Kenema Town. When were you the last training? When, was, when were you trained last to manage an obstetric case? Have you done any training? On obstetric management? Cases? Yes. No. According to the family, she was in fit. You failed to refer her. Said that you manage her, which you don't have the skill to manage eclamptic fit. So please, at any time you have any sign of complication, just call Mr. Bori or any number. Go and copy the numbers in the hospital so that we are ready to help you. We are ready to give you support. Please. Okay, Sister Alice, that is the time I call for this ambulance. Believe me. She was. Yes. That was it. the time I called for ambulance. Because even myself, I know. The row over the failures of Nancy's case continued. Day and night. Even the doctor is giving advice. Day and, and back night. at the Callan household, the grandmother reveals her sadness and pain. She's angry. 
at home in mid-August with less than two weeks to go my pregnancy was going great until a routine checkup. I'm here on the day ward now and the sound is the trace of the baby's heartbeat which is being checked up at the moment they tested my blood pressure about an hour ago and it's still a bit high so I'm 39 weeks today I'm on the day ward in Hollis Street and I'm not sure what the plan is, but we'll wait and see over the next few hours um, whether they're going to actually admit me or not. So tell me what's been happening. You've been in and out? Yeah, when I was... I came times. back um, to, for the standard appointment at 38 weeks and I saw your, re- your register here yeah. and the blood pressure was up. Yeah, um, yeah. And she sent me straight to the day ward for a bit of monitoring, basically. Okay. And they did a trace and all the rest of it. And then I've kind of been in and out every second, third day ever since, basically. And you've had the... I suppose the reason we're keeping a very close eye is because you had the blood pressure the last time and needed a cesarean section at 33 weeks. So what do we do now? So you're five days over. I mean, you will know from the class you've done... You, you did one of the... V-back. classes, VBAC classes um, so you'll know that there's a certain reluctance to induce labour when you've had a previous cesarean section because some of the medications we use are quite powerful and quite strong and can put a strain on the scar um, on the other hand if your blood pressure is going up sometimes we need to say let's call it a day, so can I just check things out today, see yep. what things are like And I mean it's never been dramatically up, you can see the levels yourself there They've been largely, a few levels have been over the 90. That's the lower one, the diastolic, as we call it, but lots of healthy, normal recordings. So let's see what it's like today, and, okay. and then we can have a chat about a plan. Okay? Okay. I've had the odd twinge, you know, but sure. nothing really sure. much. Okay, and the scan, we know that baby's a good, healthy size yeah. at first. Okay, if you want to sit up and we'll... Um, I think we should bring you into the daycare unit on Thursday. Okay. I think that if it's if you haven't gone into labour in the next day or two, or if it's not possible to break the waters on Thursday that we should consider delivering you if your blood pressure is still staying as it is. Okay. And what's your own feeling? How desperately keen are you to have a natural birth versus cesarean section? Very keen. Very keen, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but I, think, I won't go against... Oh, sure. No, no, no. no. And I, stupid about things either. <laughs> the difficult thing is it's also borderline. If it was completely normal, we'd have no problems going on. If it was very abnormal, we'd have no problems doing something. I'm going to say to you to come in fasting on Thursday. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So that means nothing past your lips from midnight. Okay. 
All right. Well, I'm not, I don't mean to say that we're going to do a cesarean section, but sure. if we found, for instance, your blood pressure was way up or whatever, and you're a week overdue, then I think if we couldn't break your waters, then I think we'd certainly be looking at a cesarean section. As my previous pregnancy resulted in an emergency C-section at 33 weeks, I was very nervous about how things were going. Like most mothers, I was anxious. Back in Sierra Leone, while care is far more basic, pregnant women can attend a general health clinic or a hospital, but many think it's better to give birth at home, even without medical help. Standards in health clinics vary hugely between urban and rural, from untrained staff in mud-floored one-room houses where Sombo goes to deliver, to a three-ward building with partially trained staff. In Greybush Slum, I'm shown around one of the better clinics, and just inside the door, I meet Esther, who's seven months pregnant and in pain. You're in pain now at the moment, yes? Yes, my stomach is sitting have you come to this health facility before? You've been here before? Yes, I've been here before. I've been registered. Good medicine or what? Yeah, they give me good medicine. They treat me well. That's why I come in this place. Why, why, what about cottage? Mm. While Esther had been in pain at home for five days, she eventually went to the health clinic. But like most women in Sierra Leone, hospital, for a variety of reasons, isn't an option. Okay, so Andrew, the, the ladies we met there, um, they seem quite reluctant to go to the hospitals here if there's a problem or an emergency. Why is that? Yeah, actually there is issue around cost at the central referral hospital. The charges levied there are so much and people cannot afford to pay. That is the problem, that they are reluctant to go to those facilities if they are referred. They prefer staying within the community or at the health centre here. What is the difference for women who are giving birth um, between the rural areas and the urban areas? What, what's the main difference? Um, actually, the main difference here is we have a lot of health facilities existing in the urban area as compared to the rural area. Rural areas have health facilities, but they are far apart. They have very long distances which women have to walk. They can walk for days, some can walk by hours, so they cannot get access easily. For urban area, access is easy. Okay, all right. So at the moment, women have to pay for uh, their maternity services here? Yes, they have to pay. And how they pay that varies because some are not doing anything. Some have husbands, some don't have. Some are giving preg- back, uh, they are impregnated by partners who are not living with them and they have to cater for themselves. So the costs vary by facility. At hospital, we have higher costs. At health centre level or community health post level, we have lower costs. So it varies by health facility. And for, for women here in the slum area, are they able to make their own decisions on, on you know, where they give birth? Or does their husband or partner have some power over them, some say in that decision? Yes, they don't make decisions on their own. They have partners. They have to wait for their partners before they can make a decision. So if a partner is on around, no woman can make a decision on her own. She needs to wait for her husband to make a decision on where she can deliver or what service she could receive at a health facility. In the city, attitudes are slowly changing and women are beginning to trust the health clinics but will only go to the hospital as a last resort. 
This has meant a larger number of pregnant women are now dying in the hospitals instead of at home. They simply arrived too late for help. The problem really has been pushed to the hospitals. Exactly, exactly. When once they suspect any problem, they immediately refer to the hospital. On the morning of September 3rd, I go into labour. Over the day, I have a dedicated midwife and on standby, an anaesthetist, a senior midwife, a paediatrician, a nurse and a consultant. At this stage, I'm just on gas for pain relief. The gas is good. It makes you feel quite woozy. Oh. Heading for epidural now to lower the blood pressure. It's now 26 minutes past three. And we're at this about three hours you can speak to. Okay. You can. <laughs> That's an uh, okay. It's all happening very fast. Those lucky enough to make it to the only maternity hospital in Sierra Leone can still face problems. So, Dr. Karoma, can you talk to me a little bit about why women are still dying in fairly large numbers in this country and why the hospitals are still experiencing a lot of patients dying? Well, uh, this one, lots of studies have been done especially with this high maternal mortality rate in this country, and we have these delays. The delays uh, are the leading cause of uh, maternal mortality. Okay, I'll have to stop you and ask you about power, (laughs) seeing as the lights have just gone out. (laughs) Um, Is this an issue in the hospital? Well, yes, it's an issue in the hospital. In fact, this was a very, 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 very... uh, uh, in fact, that was one of the leading causes of mortality because can you imagine now at 2 a.m. when the patient is taken to theater and the intestines have been opened up, the doctor is trying to arrest the bleeding, and then this happens, you see. So we sometimes we have to use touchlights, uh, mobile phones to finish surgery. But now we have a generator, generating plant that has been provided by UNFP. But unfortunately, that generator is linked only to the operating room. Yes, only to the operating theater. So when the rest of the place is dark, the operating room has power, yes. Sombo, the other woman in the story, was, like me, due her baby in September. But when I arrive in late November, Sombo and her baby are dead. Can you ask him, when did he marry his wife, Somba? He said, which time were you married the late woman, Sombo? Well, it ago now, two years. Two years ago. Two years ago. And how many children did they have, or do they have? He said, how many picking will you and the late woman being get? Well, now the first picking, and the first beladies. With him, that one was the first pregnancy. The woman was having children, but with him, is the first pregnancy. How old was Somba? He said, Sombo, now how much year? Well, I go reach 
in 32 years. Around 32 years. Can you ask Mr. Usman what happened to Sombo? He said, what did happen with Sombo? Sombo went into labor during the night. Then she was taken to the nurse. They passed the night with the nurse without delivering. In the morning, the nurse sent to Mr. Usman, complained to him that she was not able to deliver his wife. So therefore, he's advising uh, Mr. Usman to take his wife to the hospital. On their way going, the woman passed off. Now, can you ask him which hospital he was going to bring her to? It's a uh, hospital. Well, we'll be going to Nurse Mary. Now, be the liver. Now, woman will be the born to Nurse Mary. Give transfer of uh, Gundama. Nurse Betty gave the referral note to Gundama, to go to Gundama. How far away is Gundama? Is roughly fifty miles. Fifty miles. But Kenema Government Hospital is only ten uh, ten uh, minutes away? Yes. It's from here we are sitting to Kenema Hospital is less than a mile. Can you ask Mr Usman why did he think it was strange that nurse Betty was giving a referral note to a place so far away. He said, what did make Nurse Betty give you that referral paper to, for the place where it's very far? Why don't you know where you know? Now you know in work. He said he has no idea why Nurse Betty did that. That question will be rightly answered by Nurse Betty because she knew her reason why she decided to refer the patient to Gundama instead of Kanama Government Hospital. During her pregnancy, Sombo decided to use Nurse Betty, a local traditional birth attendant, to help her deliver. Nurse Betty is a formidable 50-year-old woman who is practically illiterate and has no medical training. Nurse Betty only gets paid if a baby is born under her care. If she refers the woman, she receives no payment. Later, I track down Nurse Betty to hear her alternative version of events. What a bossman! I say now, let's don't take that net. Now say I go for a fire in the hospital. I say we call the picking of the blue night bed. Two, that was how we can hold the baby. He did not do. Yes, she said uh, Sombo met her by 10 p.m. When she listened to the fitter heart, there was no fitter heart. He, she did vaginal examination, the membrane were rub, was ruptured. Then she said the baby was not breathing. Then the the water was leaking. She advised Sumbo to go to the hospital. Okay. Now, 
Why did Sombo not go to the hospital? Because Kenema Hospital is only five minutes away, so why didn't she go? Sombo said she has delivered to Nurse Betty four times without referring her. So if Nurse Betty decided to refer her, she would prefer to go back to her house. For Sombo, when she decided to go back to the house, was she, was she very ill? Was she in a bad way? No, she was not in a bad way. Her husband, she was not in a bad way. She came down, come out, go to the washyard, clean herself. There I called for the husband. I was about to call for the ambulance. She said that she's not going to hospital. So her husband came. She said that he don't have no money. She's not going to, he's not going to the government hospital, he's going to Gundama. I told the husband that if you go to government hospital, you have to pay no money. I write the letter, patient refer government hospital, not Gideon. I was very confused by Nurse Betty's version of events. But the fact is that Sombo died at the side of a road on her way to a hospital 50 miles away, despite Kenema Government Hospital providing a free service just 10 minutes away. Sombo's death is currently under investigation. So, Alice, we've just driven away now from Nurse Betty's house. Um, Can you tell me, did she ever receive any training to be a maternal and child health aide? Yes. According to information, Nurse Betty was with one group, was trying to do MCHA training, but due to her level of education, she was dropped because she cannot understand the topics. Herself decided to leave the class, to abandon the school. So she's still delivering, though, in the community? Yes, she's still practicing in the community. And why do they call her Nurse Betty? I mean, she doesn't really have any qualifications. (laughs) Because in our local setting, whenever you are working in the hospital, you are a nurse. Even if you are a volunteer, you will be a nurse. Everybody will call you a nurse. And she's earning some money then from delivering in her home? Yes. According to her, some people will pay her 20000 some will pay 15000 some will pay 30000 for one delivery. She seemed kind of secretive a little bit. She was a bit reluctant to talk to us about Somba's case. Exactly. Yes. What really happened was not on was not uncovered. Sombo and Nancy's deaths are very much taken for granted in a country where women die in childbirth every day. Yet it doesn't need to be like this. In the final hours of my labour, I'm able to get an epidural something very few women in Sierra Leone have access to. Free from any concerns about untrained staff, transport, access, costs, culture and gender issues, my baby arrives. Can I sit up a little bit? Yeah, like, yeah, sure. Small bit of chest. Sorry. And I, yeah. I just think it would help me a little I see it as well, the baby pressing Ooh. against you, you know. That's it. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's probably the feet mm. kicking up into my... Can I come in? Yeah. Oh. Hi. 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 Hi.
wanted to know what's going to happen to baby when he comes out. Well, hopefully going on your baby straight away. Yes. Yeah. Okay, now you go ahead, right? Yeah. We let it bend up nice and strong. Build a bit of pressure. Yeah. Great, go for it. Now, pressure within. Hold the breath, sorry, there. Chin down and like a huge big push into your bum. Come on, as hard as you can. Huge big push, huge big push, huge big push, huge big push into your bum. Keep the push coming, keep it coming, Elaine, keep it coming, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Fantastic, go on again. Try to hold the breath, try to hold the breath. Yeah. Fantastic. Incredible, sir. All I can think of. Is rugby scrums and legs <laughs> and, <laughs> and pushing. The level of pushing. That's all I can think of. everything, isn't it? <laughs> I shouldn't have mentioned Lansdowne now, it's stuck in my head. The French touch? Ah, listen. Thank you very much. Oh, <laughs> so it looks like we're going to need some boy clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all so much. Uh, You're very welcome. Oh. If you enjoyed this documentary, you might like to listen to our other Documentary on One productions. Visit rte.ie forward slash doc on one.